This is TV Podcast Industries. We're back talking about Star Wars The Bad Batch, Episode 2, Cut and Run. I'm sorry. I, I was trying to get the ball. I, I didn't know. You're safe. That's all that matters. Come on. Hey, kid. You all right? She'll be fine. All in all, I would say that could have gone much worse. Tech, you think you can forge some chain codes? I only learned of them moments ago. But yes, do it. We're getting cut, Sue, and the kids on that shuttle. Welcome back, fellow troopers, to TV Podcast Industries. We're talking about Star Wars, The Bad Batch, Episode 2, Cut and Run. I'm one of your hosts, Derek, and laughing beside me is another one of my hosts. Hello there, fellow troopers. I am one of your other hosts, John. I have genuinely had to re-record that four times because John has laughed over every single one. But we also have our, our excellent third host with us as well. Yes, I smelt it, and I did dealt it, and I cut and run. Is that is that the way? Is that, I'm assuming that's what they're talking about when they're uh, saying it's basically one of one of the troopers farted and then ran away. Got run. caught in his helmet. Yes, he's struggling <laughs> to take his helmet off so he can breathe again. Yes, I am Chris. Hello. <laughs> Welcome back. Yes, Chris unfortunately couldn't join us for the uh, pilot episode of the Bad Batch, but he is all caught up. He's watched episode one and two. What do you think of the uh, of the first episode of uh, of Bad Batch, Chris? Definitely interesting. Um, I am coming from this as someone who has never watched any of the animated Star Wars universe, watched all the films, all of the Disney Plus shows. Uh, by that, I mean The Mandalorian season one and two. Yeah. Sorry, should to clarify. <laughs> and the making watched, of. Yeah, and the making <laughs> of. But I've never watched uh, Rebels or the original Clone War animated mm-hmm. or any of those seasons. Uh, not for any other reason than just time. Yeah. And just happen. to and just to clarify, Chris, are you so young that the prequels one, two, and three are your Star Wars? <gasps> I suppose you could technically no. I I am thirty five, so technically I grew up on the original, uh-huh. so f- four, five, six as my original trilogy. Yeah. But while I was of age, one, two, three did come out. But I my my trilogy will always be four, five, six. Okay. Um, okay. Excellent. Yes. You can stay, and I like this. This is a, this is a, a good reason to have Chris on board. Here is he does represent Star Wars fans who are always told for years, "No, you should watch the Clone Wars; they're really good." No, you should watch Rebels. You have to make up time for those uh, what ten seasons of TV. Watch all of those shows, and he just didn't get the time. Yeah, I guess um, primarily by us. Well, eventually, yeah, pretty yes. much. Yeah, <laughs> we uh, we burned through them uh, most of the last couple of seasons. We burned through them in uh, last year. Yeah, well. lockdown so, yeah. was. Um, Awesome. Certainly, how we got through Rebels. Absolutely. And I think, like most of these um, Star Wars animated features, it kind of always started off with, okay, these are really well done, it's really good. Um, but there was a lot of um, watching it and then looking at the phone yeah. and then watching it and then looking at the phone. And just as the, 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 the series progressed and then as the series, as you move into the next, seasons then it, it just 
it, they really built momentum. You realise you're not looking at your phone as much. Yeah, exactly. And, you really and, build momentum. On and John them. doesn't mean googling characters. He means not paying full attention to the episodes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, checking bank balance. Exactly. Like suddenly like you that, go, oh, I've gone through about twelve episodes of this. Not a huge amount happened, but I'm kind of liking it. And then you get onto yeah. more seasons to get more in depth. So, uh, so I, I would assume this show will follow a similar trajectory as we go. But we will be talking about each individual episode in spoiler-filled detail as we go through them. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, you can subscribe to it over on tvpodcastindustries.com where we talk about tons and tons of different shows. Uh, this is our show filling in uh, between our two live action Marvel series, uh, Falcon the Winter Soldier and Loki. Uh, Loki will be coming out over uh, on Disney Plus as well uh, in June. Uh, so this is the one filling in between those two shows, right? Yes. And oh, Loki's going to be good. And for the first time ever, we are going for a Wednesday. I'm... Yes, so happy yes, about it's that. the new Friday, so yeah. we should all have a drink in hand. <laughs> well, <laughs> absolutely. We're starting drinking on Wednesdays. That's definitely lockdown talking. Yes. Uh, <laughs> like 50s of the new 40s. Oh, yeah. That's what it will be soon, John. It will be. Uh, this episode <laughs> of Star Wars The Bad Batch was written by uh, Gersamaran uh, Sandu. Uh, Gersamaran was a an assistant uh, on Game of Thrones and worked her way into, uh, into being a staff writer for the final season of Game of Thrones and is now working on Star Wars The Bad Batch. I think that's really interesting. Yeah, that's, that's a, a career path. interesting uh, path for yeah. sure. Yes, I was... Uh, expect more sort of dragons uh, and uh, ravenous rottweiler dogs uh, at winterfell well yeah let's hope they don't make it into uh, into the bad batch remember kids show uh, probably can't have uh, uh, dogs eating uh, eating ch- kids on this show uh, but the episode was directed by Stuart Lee uh, one of the directors of uh, of episode one as we mentioned before uh, and mentioned uh, he's worked on all of the star wars animated shows but john thanks to wikipedia do you want to give us your synopsis for the episode <laughs> sure <laughs> The Bad Batch and Omega arrive on Sulakami to meet with the deserter Cut Laquane and his wife Sue. Cut reveals the existence of the inhibitor chips inside the clone troopers' brains, explaining why the clones have turned against the Jedi. While Cut and Hunter go into town, the rest of the Bad Batch stay behind with Sue and Omega bonds with Cut and Sue's children. Cut reveals to Hunter that he plans to leave off-world with his family, but with the Empire now ruling over the galaxy, a newly established law states that civilians need a chain code to legally book a transport. Back at Sue's house, Omega accidentally throws a ball outside a restricted fence grabbing the attention of a monster, but is rescued by Sue. To get the chain codes, Tech and Echo devise a plan to infiltrate the ship impound to retrieve them, but accidentally bring Omega along and get caught. Omega delivers the chain codes to Cut and his family, however five are made rather than the original four, with the fifth chain code made specifically for Omega. As Hunter explains, it is too dangerous for her to be with him and the rest of the Bad Batch. Despite this, Omega chooses to stay with the Bad Batch while Cut and his family manage to flee. The way we're talking about our episodes is our main bullet points, or because we're in the Star Wars universe, our blaster points for the episodes. Uh, well done, John, for coming up with that one. Um, Why, thank you. Overall, a reasonably straightforward episode. As we mentioned before, these these shows are are aimed towards kids, unlike uh, Invincible, where we had uh, people's heads being ripped off almost every episode. Uh, that yeah. doesn't tend to happen in uh, in these shows. So a pretty straightforward storyline this time. We have the Bad Batch on the run, uh, going to visit someone that might be able to give them some information about, uh, about how, how to uh, keep on the run, I suppose. So our first major point is they're all deserters now. 
Yes, they certainly are. It's one big dessert uh, in in <laughs> in the Star Wars universe. Uh-huh. Are they tiramisu? Different layers, spongy bits, <laughs> bit of caffeine, and definitely different layers. All, all five of the Bad Batch all have a very different uh, personality about them. Uh, as so well. more so, of a yeah. trifle then. <laughs> Something like that. Let's hope not. But they do meet up with uh, Cutler Quain, as you mentioned, um, in the in the notes, uh, and his wife Sue and the two kids uh, on the planet. Cut is another one of the clones, another one with a very different personality. Previously had uh, run away from the clones to uh, for this relationship with his wife Sue. I wanted to point this out because we mentioned before we know we know a lot of our listeners haven't been listening, haven't been watching the Clone Wars. Uh, and Chris, you mentioned as well uh, that you haven't watched the Clone Wars. I feel they're really making it out as if Cut was a major character that we were expecting to see on the planet we mentioned at the end of last episode they say they want to go to the planet j19 because they're looking to find a friend that can support them and we had no idea who this could possibly be and even when revealed on screen we had no idea who this character was because he was in (laughs) one episode of clone wars back in season two that show was seven seasons long and he was in one episode season two episode 10 Uh, so we did not recognize him when he was here but his his storyline as told in that episode is he ran away. He was a deserter from the Clone Army, tried to be brought back by one of the main characters, Captain Rex, but left there on the planet with his wife and kids. Yeah. Dare I say this, I may have been doing some banking on the phone at that moment. You might but, have, um, yeah. yeah, it's one of those things, I think if it had been Rex uh, from the the Clone Wars, then, you know, this would potentially um, have a, a different spin on how the episode uh, goes. But but still, um, it, you know, it is the fact that Cut was a deserter, and with um, the Bad Batch, with, with um, Tech, Wrecker, Hunter, uh, and Echo, along with Omega now, um, having you know escaped from Camino uh, in the last episode, that they're also uh, on on the run. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, I guess deep down, this this is the you know for me the the, the fluffy family episode. Mm-hmm. This is the idea of you know two families. Uh, one being the family of the military, the other one a a um you know a regular family settled down at the far at the homestead, the farmstead, mm-hmm. and all that. And you know you you get that kind of nice little crossover that Hunter has to realize that Omega is not f- from the Bad Batch. She hasn't gone on missions. You know we see her in awe at soil um you know it's her first time off planet from camino anywhere yeah yeah, exactly in terms of seeing space when after they uh, escaped from camino and now coming into this this world of sulakami um it's it really is her sort of being sort of blasted with all these different um sensations i Mm -hmm. guess so there's that element but at at, at the same time you know it's that hunter needs to learn how to treat her as a kid ultimately or a child give her that um sort of feel really exactly exactly two aspects that you just you talked about there first being um omega and her innocence to the world i do like that because I think she will act as a good anchor point for some people like me who are not aware of who these people are, what is going on. And you kind of see that that joy or innocence when the dirt moment. Absolutely. I yeah, thought yeah. it was very cute. It was... Mm-hmm. Yeah, light with the ball. What am I supposed to do with this? You know, mm-hmm. as one of the kids turns around and says, well, you catch it with your hands. Yeah. Um, it's that kind of... I mean, Camino must be pretty um, sterile place to be as as a child, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then to Derek's point, 
I, Omega's a good anchor point, but at the same time, I also have so far in this episode and the previous episode, kind of, I know you said this person wasn't actually even a big character, Cut wasn't. Mm-hmm. My assumption was this was a major reveal and a huge thing for previous Clone Wars viewers mm-hmm. or Rebels viewers like the Jedi um, in the first episode, the, the Jedi kid, the Padawan who turned out to be, was in Rebels. Okay. I knew that from the internet. Yeah. Um, but no, you, you knew that from listening to our podcast, Chris, right? That too. That too. The internet doesn't have yes. any of this information. Just no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, but this is the thing. I, my, the way the reveal came, it was like, oh, it's cut. And I'm like, right. cool. Could have given us a tiny bit more. Yeah. Like just a bit more of that kind of Basel exposition. Kind of like. <laughs> Yeah, well, could how have you been since our exploits and blah 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 when you did this and but it just it was that one step removed problem. Well, do you know what's even weirder about it? And just to just again point this out, the Bad Batch only appeared in season seven of the show, and Cut only appeared in season two, episode ten. So even the conversations where Sue says, uh, "Oh, there's some new people here." We've never seen them on screen together, so every single one of their interactions are completely new. So they're <laughs> effectively just telling the audience that they have yeah. some pre-existing relationship, but it's not on screen. It's not available on in the Clone Wars series. So, uh, so don't go looking for it. It's a very long series, unless you're willing to watch the whole series and you still won't find it. Um, yeah. They haven't had that relationship, but I, I know what you mean, Chris. They, they they are setting it up. They're trying to create this bigger world, I suppose. Uh, but it's like revisiting a character from a very early season for the audience. So I wonder what happened to that person. Did they ever get caught? Did they ever? Uh, did they ever get uh, captured by the clones and brought back after being released by Rex it's a little bit of uh, a tie up for fans of the Clone Wars but doesn't actually make a difference to the episode itself but but it's interesting isn't it because it it is one of those things where um, you know will this just be cut uh, and his wife and his two kids for this episode and we don't really get to see them again Mm -hmm. or is it something and not not really as such to the same extent, but, you know, are Star Wars, uh, is Lucasfilm, are, are these things, just because we were talking about how, you know, tying certain things from the animation into the live action, like The Mandalorian, um, and, and vice versa mm-hmm. that is being done. And also the fact that, you know, there's certainly this call for Ezra, hopefully, to be in The Mandalorian and so on from Rebels. But is it almost that, you know, potentially, just potentially, Cut Laquane could be um, Agatha Harkness, you know, this kind of real small B-list kind of element of the original Clone Wars that just over time, I'm not saying, let's say not in the same way, but just gets pulled to the fore of the Bad Batch. There's nothing in this to suggest that he will be. Yeah. I'm just saying there is that potential for how they take characters absolutely uh, to to bring into this and what makes it um, yeah. so which is quite interesting and what and makes it really we'll easy out. for the show of course is again voiced by the same actor who does all the clowns yeah. so very easy to be brought back <laughs> if they do want yeah, to bring it back exactly. in the future uh, but overall on the on the story here that they that they have to escape from the planet it's a bit of a it's a bit of an interesting one because I was kind of going um, they're having a lot of challenges here with the Laquane family trying to leave the planet by uh, by getting all of their uh, all these new chain codes created for them so that they can pass <laughs> pass through the uh, empire yeah and then you're kind of going doesn't um, Hunter give them an out pretty early on? Goes, why don't you just get aboard our ship and we can leave? 
And then you're kind of going, they could have dropped them off at the next planet, somewhere like that. But they go through the whole process of getting the chain codes and, and getting them off planet and having a big battle with all the, with all the, uh, the clone troopers. Okay. I know they, they do I pay complete- attention to a cut does say, it's really dangerous for my family to yeah. be with you. You're on the run. We're not going to do it. But I feel like they could have taken them off and put them on another I planet. completely understand that. That would be like being in, in, in the middle of a bank robbery, like queuing up to, to get to the counter. The bank robbers come in and then you go, could you mind giving me a lift to, uh, you know, I need to go to the supermarket next. And it's like, no, there's too much of a risk. I mean, course is clear enough that he's been told they're on the run. Yeah. That their spaceship will be flagged under the... I mean, if if the Galactic Empire is now tracking people and asking people to change all their their money Mm. for Galactic credits, then, you know, it's too much of a risk when he's got two kids. And that's kind of a... um, I think quite normal. It just felt like a similar risk <laughs> to forge your identity in order to get off planet as hopping on board a ship that could take you off in five minutes. <laughs> but he wasn't yeah. the one doing it, was he? It, so the risk was still on the Bad Batch and they were willing to take mm-hmm. that risk to do it for him. So yeah. I, I, I could see that. But yeah. you're right. They ultimately could have just all gotten into the ship um, and and gone off, oh, and in which case yeah. the episode would have been ten minutes long, and we wouldn't have had the great <laughs> uh, ship impound uh-huh. um, battle with the Bad Batch. The one thing I'll actually ju- on this is the yes, hundred percent that that ran through my head, which mm-hmm. is like after the first trip to the village, I think it should you could have just look, it's too risky. Let's just take you to the next planet, and we'll go yeah. from there. That I thought was one that did run through my head multiple times and that's what when Derek was saying those points I had my fingers crossed because I was like please say the exact same thing I was thinking yes <laughs> it is exactly the same thing but to John's point it would have been a 10 minute episode beyond that it is interesting the, the, this is a point in history I never thought I'd really enjoy which is post order 66 mm-hmm. but early post order 66 where you're starting to see, like, essentially this, like the universal codes for per, not just the, the chain codes, not for just ships, but people. Yeah. And the, the, the way people are just like, oh, okay, this is strange. And the propaganda yeah. that they had in the village, which is a, a guy in an, a, an officer's uniform on a hologram saying the, how good this is for the empire and the, his population. Yeah. It's something I never thought would be an interesting point of view but yeah. or a setting. In my head, it's like the Trade Federation in uh, Phantom Menace. It's a bit like, okay. oh, that's a bit strange. Oh, we're going to spend like 10-hour deliberations in the Senate. Yeah. Let's do it. Do you know what was so interesting, Chris, that that is blaster point number two, talking about the Galactic Empire and the the kind of creation and, and this, this initial point of them. Because effectively, in this series, they were only created last episode. We had the Emperor announcing the Galactic Empire to the galaxy, obviously, uh, and shutting down the Republic. And here we see some of the tools that they're using, exactly as you say, Chris, the, the propaganda that they're using in the town, the idea of uh, of everybody bringing in their old currency, which is useless now. You don't need any of that money that you used to have. Just give us all your ID. Give us all your identity. Give us everything about <laughs> you. 
and we'll give you the equivalent in this newly created currency, the Republic Credits, yeah. um, which is a really interesting mechanism. This is done in real world as well. I was, I was speaking to a colleague of mine who lives in India where um, she was saying that they changed currency in India a few years ago, uh, not the rupee. They they removed some elements of the currency from... Uh, from like different denominations. Different denominations, yeah. exactly, from people's hands in order to bring back in a lot of money that was being held by different criminal organizations. And suddenly a lot of money was wiped off the boards that criminal organizations were holding in their hands, um, which was previously real money and was being wiped off uh, wiped off the board. And the same way here, we have this new galactic empire coming in and effectively wiping currency <laughs> off the board and saying you can only use this new currency if you sign up to us and give us all your details. So uh, I thought that was quite interesting. I think the good thing about it is it kind of plays out in the background and with the arc mm-hmm. of what is happening to Cut uh, and to um, and and to the Bad Batch. Um, it's it's not like suddenly having you know the 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 big political debate in the Senate. Well, um, exactly. In in episodes one, two, or three, yeah, which is or the the, 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 the trade I, Federation thing, the Christmas talk. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah, or yeah. just the whole. I mean, yeah, that that was just like. Oh my goodness! It's like a <laughs> socio-political history of of yeah. um, the 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 republic, and but it's it's something that fifty-five-year-old George Lucas, when making those films, was much more interested in was when he was thirty making uh, making Star Wars. You know, it's but, it's something our sixty-year-old George Lucas yeah. wasn't much more interested in. But here we're seeing with the with the Empire, we're seeing uh, dare I say it's more insidious or maybe just Darth Sidious uh, yeah, exactly. than we've seen in the past. <laughs> it is a fascinating period though, Chris. You know, this is where a lot of stories take place in between uh, Revenge of the Sith and, and A New Hope. This is where, you know, Rogue One, which is probably one of the best Star Wars movies uh, yep. took place. Um, this is the period where uh, the, the video game that came out, the PlayStation and Xbox game that came out um, with Cal Kestis in it. That's where this period is exactly the time just after Order 66, these uh, escaped Jedis trying to survive in the galaxy. And now here in this show, we have some escaped clones almost and how they survive in the galaxy. So I do like that. And again, another one of the things that's kind of in the background here is seeing these are, remember, these are the clone troopers that we followed as our almost heroes in the Clone Wars. And these same characters that we're seeing in this episode now working for the Empire are pushing around the little people. They're telling them, you yeah. know, you can't get aboard this ship that you paid your money to get on board because the rules have changed. They're pushing people to the yeah. ground. They're, they're telling them they need to rearrange everything. They need to now follow these brand new rules that are in there. So this is a massive change if you watched those characters for all of all of the Clone Wars to to see all of these these clones being really pushy. Definitely. I, I must say I did like the the kind of wink wink nod nod uh response from tech uh not only sort of within the bad batch but mm-hmm. also i i guess to just shows tv shows animated shows in general where they're looking to get the chain code mm-hmm. uh forgeries done for cut and his family um where he's, he's like i've only just seen the technology but i believe i can hack it you know <laughs> just, just like that yeah. i really i thought that was a nice little uh, bit of self-awareness of of these types of um, storylines and how it can be done. So I I really like that point. Um, And I thought, despite all this 
um, galactic snooping and, um, you know, listening in and getting all these details. I thought it was interesting that when Cut and his family went up to board with the forgeries, he still had this huge hat on his head that basically covered his face. <laughs> um, I was like, okay, you know, it just, Really, I I thought the the a clone trooper like anyone at security. I mean, you get asked to take your glasses Absolutely. off at airport security, let alone a massive like English cottage garden hat, and um, <laughs> that that just like flopping over his uh, his eyes. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, I was like, he's completely in shadow. Like I know this is in a galaxy far, far away. A very, very long time ago, but uh, surely they've had some kind of security procedures at the moment. Yeah. Take off your hat, sir, so we can see your face. And I mean, it, is it like looking in the mirror? For there the, is a moment. The clone? There is a moment yeah, when the clone troop does recognize. Yeah, it um, is. Yeah. Cut and kind of goes, hang on a second, you look like, but all of them have different haircuts. Yeah. <laughs> and he probably went, I would never have a top knot. Oh, yes. Yes, that's true. <laughs> I think he has a top knot or a side bun or something like that just cut. That's true. Um, uh, one other thing I did like in the episode, actually, there's two, there's two kind of Star Wars references that I really liked in this episode. Uh, the chain codes themselves, these, this idea of all of the uh, members of the Empire now, all of the uh, civilian members of the Empire now have to give chain codes. Um, this is used in Mandalorian. Um, do you guys remember in, in that Mando when he gets his uh, his contracts that he's supposed to go out? He's given chain codes as his way of finding the person that he's going to going to find. Basically, that's the, yeah. that's the code that he's given. So I was like, oh wow, that's really interesting. That they that's the chain code that he's looking for 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 Baby Yoda initially, and, and it can literally contract. track you. Like pretty much, you know? it tracks you within within certain distance. So this is effectively the creation of that. I thought that was quite a good little background piece. Uh, and the other one I liked is just that Echo, um, the character that is the new member of the Bad Batch from uh, from for this season, effectively. Uh, I really love that he's got effectively or two details or two communication device attached to one of his hands, so he's able to interface with all of the computers the way that or always did in the Star yeah. Wars trilogy. And I guess the reason it looks like a flathead screwdriver rather than a Phillips head screwdriver is just there's way too many rights issues uh, to be able to put that <laughs> on, on, on the screen. No, it's R2-D2's I know it is, but it, it looks thing. more like a screwdriver. <laughs> it feels like that arm could be like a Swiss Army knife. Maybe. It is, but I also feel really sorry for... Moore's Law must have completely gone out the window in the Star Wars universe because it's the same compatibility device for the last... 70 years across the Star Wars, there's always the same port. If you think about this, how many USBs have we had in the last 10 years? A, B, C, we're on USB-C now. See, Chris, we didn't have a, a Galactic Empire uh, aligning everybody and saying, this is that how is you true. must create that a USB. True. Yes, standardized <laughs> um, <laughs> authoritarian regime. There are, okay, there's one good thing about uh, about Galactic Empire. We wouldn't need to have seven different types of USB connections in our home. <laughs> uh, that was basically it about the Galactic Empire this episode. Anything else that, that stood out to you guys uh, from the episode? I, I like the fight again at the impound yep. um, where... You know, you've got Wrecker and you've got Echo trying to take off the magnetic clamps that are keeping it uh, impounded. Yep. And where, where you see his um, USB arm not working <laughs> in this case, uh-huh. uh, with Wrecker coming in and, yeah, bullying a China shop Wrecker, uh, just ripping it apart. Absolutely. But, you know, a little blaster back and forth uh, mm-hmm. at the impound whilst um, Cut and his wife 
get off to safety. But also, interestingly, that um, we we have the five chips and and hunters there prepared to let Omega go with Cut, so mm. that she effectively has a childhood in a sense. You yeah. know, coming back to that conversation that Hunter uh, has to learn that. He can't treat her like a soldier. Yeah. But it, it's also the point that, well, does she want to be, or, you know, that she actually wants to be a soldier because she comes back yeah. uh, to them. Um, and I, I guess there's that affinity. And I, I, but I quite like the fact that she said, well, I chose you. Um, yeah. I thought it was quite simple. I mean, it, you know, I think at the time we were going, well, how come Cut didn't try and stop her, you know, as she's running into a blaster fire sort of central? Uh, but like, it wasn't that he didn't even stop her. That wasn't what I was saying when we were watching the episode. I was kind of going, there's no reaction shot from Cut Sue or the kids that this person that they're supposed to be taking care of for the rest <laughs> of her life has disappeared and gone back. They're not even going, oh, okay, let her go or anything. They're just, they're, they go, oh. It- Damn it, they'll arrive on the new planet and go, hang on a second, where's Omega gone? <laughs> it's, it's that Home Alone Kevin Mccallister moment. Yeah. Kevin! Omega! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that, was that was all. Um, but I, I kind of like that she ultimately wanted to be Absolutely. with the Bad Batch. Yeah, um, and and of course... If you're a child in a, in a kid's cartoon show, of course you're going to want to go ahead with the, with the Bad Batch. Of course. There, there was no way we were getting rid of Omega no. in the second episode. That's not not going to be possible. Not given the fact that, you know, her, her origin in Camino as, yeah. as um, a clone, but the clone of who, mm-hmm. um, because obviously she doesn't look like one of the clone troopers. Yep. Um, and... And also just the potential for her to be, um, yeah, Force-sensitive in some way. A clone of a Jedi, perhaps, yeah. Or the, the female clone of the clones. A female version. Well, absolutely. Yeah, of yeah, uh, Django, not Django Fett? It would be Django. It's a, yeah. it's a, it's a, his clone. So, yeah, I, I, I thought she was the female. I didn't think about the Force-sensitive. I didn't actually take that. I took that as, like, her... Her skills, training, kicking in that's yeah. been bred into her. But it's still um, a working theory, basically. Yes, there's, it, yeah. it's all yeah. working theories. She could be a clone of, character. she could be a female clone of Darth Sidious. Yeah, at she the moment, absolutely could be a female clone of Palpatine. Yes, yeah, she could. I mean, at the moment, you know, she can't catch a ball, but she can wield the blaster yeah. pretty exactly. uh, competently. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, speaking of blasters, blast point number three, gentlemen. Let's move it on. Just one call out to make, um, because I, I wasn't sure whether we were going to hear about Captain Rex uh, in the show. Um, there, it's just a conversation that's had between the Bad Batch and uh, and Cut when they first meet that Rex has been to this planet, um, has had a, a similar conversation with Cut, saying things are going a bit weird here with the with the clone army. They all seem to have followed this order to uh, to turn on their Jedi leaders, um, killing them all, and now he's gone again. So. Here we go. This is our setup for the season. Um, the Bad Batch will effectively meet up with the central clone from uh, from the Clone Wars series. They're going to follow up and find Rex at some point throughout the series. That was something that I definitely wanted to call out because it's just a conversation, but um, especially because Cut gives them no information as to where he's gone. So it's not their mission to go off and find him, but they will find him, I think, uh, at some point in the series. It's interesting to know that we have, uh, have that character out there. Agree. I, I think that the aim... The, the whole aim of this series for me is to, to a degree, 
tell everyone where these characters so the lingering question a lot of people have for rebels and for this show and the previous clone wars so where were all these characters Mm -hmm. in a new hope where were they by the end of the new hope like like where that starting off point Uh, because we've they disney and previously lucas film have introduced all these different characters mm-hmm. most of them some of them now are like uh, legends characters so no longer canon but the clone wars and guy the clone wars and the bad batch and all those kind of are so it's interesting to see where we by the end of this season or season two wherever they kind of put it it's like okay who's alive who's dead like where are we getting to because at some point you're going to have to have like we're going all right, the Bad Batch are going to the unknown. We're going to go past the 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 the, the great unknown, uh, the element there sectors, yeah. so that they don't come back for episode uh, five yeah. or four yeah. or six, things like that. <laughs> I like that you did that in reverse order, Chris. I yes, like, I like it. Um, yeah, absolutely. Like, this is this is the thing when you're creating a galaxy of characters, you want to make sure that some of them can stay on the periphery and don't need to come into the central storyline for the shows. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's really good to see that. On that point, kind of my last thing to say about the episode, I just wanted to point it out. We mentioned in our coverage of the first episode that this is really looking very similar to um, Clone Wars Season 8, uh, as opposed to just Bad Batch Season 1. It felt like it was really connected to Clone Wars. Uh, last episode, the mention of Captain Rex in here, of course, is a connection directly to Clone Wars. But no more voiceover guy. Um, we've had voiceover guy uh, introducing all the episodes yeah. of Clone Wars, um, telling us where which battle they're at, what's going on uh, from from last time on the on the previous episode, and now we don't have him uh, opening up the new episodes. That was a a weird moment when it just it just kind of felt more like uh, Star Wars Rebels, actually, um, where we had it just going straight into the animated show with no voiceover, no battle, no uh, no planet name that were that were on yeah, it just absolutely. goes straight into the story so just just to mark his uh, his disappearance i suppose yes r.i.p newscaster for the yeah. old republic there you i go. didn't even know i missed you oh, exactly <laughs> he was there in the first episode chris <laughs> yeah i know i got that but i didn't know that was a thing <laughs> anything else from you guys about the episode nothing on my side no, nothing really uh, from my side excellent well do you defend did you like uh, the bad batch episode two Cut and run. I did. I mean, I I thought it was, you know, I, I think you get this um, with the animations. I know episodes like this were, and it's certainly transitionary, um, you know, they need to find out a lot of stuff, which they did, such as, um, you know, Cut having spoken to Rex about the inhibitor chip, learning more about why Order 66 happened, possibly more about why Crossherd behaved the way he did, yeah. learning more about themselves as a group now that they've got Omega tagging along, uh-huh. and just seeing sort of the developments within this newly formed galactic uh, empire. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, for me, this is um, three chain code out of five like you know uh, really you know a nice kind of more of a i guess a family orientated the family yeah. of the bad batch and the the quain families sweetie <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, you're not giving them our three chain codes are you it's just a, a random three chain codes that you yes it is it's not just a random three chain codes. Codes. i do not, not agree ours. i do not agree <laughs> chris what did you think about uh, this episode this very much reminds me of the the late eighties GI Joe Transformers, where there's always a wow. 
they, they, it, you're expected to know some of these characters from previous, but if you haven't watched all the other episodes or se- seasons, get kind of like, okay, cool. I, but there's actually, they, like you said, this character was in one episode, mm-hmm. like six seasons ago. It's not this long running character, which they kind of, to a degree, kind of has. So for me, I enjoy it for what it is. It's this, it's a fun romp. And mm-hmm. like they, they, they have, they arrive, there's a plot point, they've solved the plot point and they go on to another planet. There you go. I'm assuming this is what a lot of this is going to be. And for what it is, it's, it's good fun. Mm-hmm. Um, they do need to either dial up the wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Which is, hey, this character, hey, do you remember why this person's important? Here's why. And give me that exposition. Or delve more into this place where none of us have gone, which is this this timepiece descending and really dive into, okay, we've given you a bit of your nostalgia from previous Clone Wars. This is all new now. New characters, like... Dave Filoni being Dave Filoni, introducing his Ahsoka, his, like, these new characters that will become huge, like, people, unto, characters unto themselves to the mm-hmm. point where the overall fandom is like, yeah, we want, we want Rosario Dawson, like, being, to play this live action version. Mm-hmm. Like, like, that's kind of what we need. Yeah. Uh, so for me, very much along with John, it, it's a, well, actually, probably a bit less, so it's two to three. Two slash three out of mm-hmm. five, kind of. Hey, let's that. go for two and a half. Two and a half. There you <laughs> go. What about you, Derek? Yeah, I, I think there's a fine episode. Absolutely nothing wrong with it as such. It feels uh, like what I would expect from from the show where we are. We're two episodes in. We had a movie this week over over an hour long, and we have this as our second episode. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing more, and I'm looking forward to seeing what the what the purpose of the show overall will be. Yeah, will be, exactly. Will it be them being chased down uh, by the Empire, which it doesn't feel right now that they are. It just feels like they're on the run, but nobody actually chasing them. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's like we can't be seen by the clone troopers because they have our identity but we're not seeing somebody following them all the time like we did in rebels exactly Um, so i'm hoping we get a bit more of that Uh, but i think you did need that moment of just solidifying the bad batch themselves our four old members plus omega now saying we're together and we're going on our on our travels now i suppose so uh, so looking forward to the next episode Thanks, guys. Let's get on to some feedback for these episodes. Over on Facebook, Dr. Bob Phillips said, just started into uh, your episode one podcast and already delighted, as usual, that we're being treated to the engaging, informative and wonderfully positive fill-in and analysis you bring to the podcasts. Thanks, Bob. Excellent stuff. I've yes. enjoyed it. Yeah. And then we- I came along. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> I was going to say, we don't say this often enough on the podcast that we do choose the shows that we podcast about. We aren't reviewers. Uh, we choose, we choose things that we hope we're going to enjoy and we come to them, we come at them from a place of enjoyment, really. So hopefully we, we can add to your experience of enjoying the show you want, what you're watching, because the last thing you want to do is be watching a show that you're enjoying and then turn on a podcast and have people whining about it for half an hour and why it's not the, the best thing in the Absolutely. world. Absolutely. This is so, quite dangerous for us, yeah. actually, because we haven't had any um, screeners for it mm-hmm. and it's weekly so we have no idea where and how this is going it's purely on the basis of where Clone Wars yes. and Rebels went yeah. and it's Dave Filoni and we're trusting in his storytelling and magic it's it's not an unknown quantity though we'll say yeah. 
No, I, that's true. Yeah, we're not we're not randomly picking up a uh, a show on Netflix that we've never seen before and trying to. That is true. It. There's something very soothing about the angular cheekbones yep. and chin of the animation style for me. Yes, we we have we have had screeners before. We have watched them, and unfortunately, we just didn't want to. Like Derek said perfectly, it's that like you don't want to be. We don't want to be the the Debbie Downer. We don't want to be the Debbie Downer of yeah. the podcast world. There are, if you want that type of podcast, there, there are hundreds are of them. Hundreds. We are the happy podcast. We will tell you what we love <laughs> about certain things. Will we always defend it? No, not yeah. always. But we will always tell you the truth. And we'll call out the things we don't like, of course, yes. as well. But thanks so much, Bob. Uh, Bob also says on episode two, he watched this episode this morning, says, uh, I'm hoping we get a full fashion breakdown this episode, as I feel John Harrison may have views on broad-brimmed hats, ponchos, and Wolverine-esque mutton-chop sideburns. Plus, here's proof that blockchain is connected with the banality of evil and that wheel clamps are a totalitarian innovation. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah, I didn't go full fashion breakdown mm. on this, I don't think. But certainly, yes, the the broad-brimmed hat uh, of Cut uh, was certainly giving, as I say, some English cottage garden realness. Yeah. It's kind of something I would expect, um, I, I guess, a, a, a recently retired person somewhere in the home counties around London uh, who lives... Sure? Or Yorkshire in, in a small village in a nice cottage would be out pruning, um, her sort of perennials and annuals in. And I guess Cut was doing a bit of farming. So he, he kind of did, did need that. But then, of course, underneath that, you had the radness that was his top knot. Um, <laughs> and also the kind of sort of older look of the mutton chops, I yeah. guess. So yeah. Cut is an enigma from a fashion point of view for me, I think. <laughs> this is, is what I always wanted. Who knew? A fashion breakdown on individual fashion choices by the Star Wars universe. There you go. I, wa- I want to see you break down like the, the red guard. Kind of go, too much oh. red. Let's, let's put a bit of gold in there. Sequence. <laughs> Some Swarovski crystals. <laughs> Weirdly, those are John's favorite minor characters in all Star Wars. I know. Yeah, I, am. <laughs> I have a statue of uh, one of the Imperial Red Guards. I feel like Chris could actually see that through the Zoom, but thanks so much for your feedback, Dr. Bob. Also over on Facebook, Dan Lee says, Ups and downs of this episode. I enjoyed seeing Omega's first taste of the outside. Flashbacks to when I finally left the house after lockdown. <laughs> and it's interesting to see how quickly the Empire has made life for everyday people so oppressive. However, I get the feeling that some of the impact of this episode was lost on me as I haven't watched The Clone Wars. Had to do a bit of Googling to see who Cut is, for example. Right there with you, Dan. Yeah, I think we mentioned that a little bit in the episode. I think the only other thing here is because, again, you know, Captain Rex being such a central character in The Clone Wars, him being a central character in this show may mean you need to watch The Clone Wars. We don't know yet. Um, But but him being mentioned here and him, him possibly being someone that we'll meet in the future... He's a clone. He's he's, he's going to come across as being a big character, of course. But uh, but that might have been the other moment in the show that that you might felt. Why are they talking about this person Rex? I have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, here's me hoping we would have got cuts corner. <laughs> <laughs> we also got some feedback from Donald Dennis, who said, "Finish watching the first episode and this one as well. The second episode felt better made than the first. 
I'm still not in love, but I found it all right if I only got partial attention paid. <laughs> it's mobile phone banking. Yeah. I think the characters were more in themselves and less trying to show just how different clones can be. I got more used to the animation style, but the kids all felt creepy and uncomfortable. <laughs> I think that's just children in general. I'm not gonna, I'm just, that's personal opinion. Children are creepy and uncomfortable. There, there is something actually that Donald Dennis has said there about the kids that felt creepy and uncomfortable and whether it's the 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 kind of angularness of of the animation mm. for, for the children uh, and because it's also a bit in their motion you know it's just the style of it and yeah. um, so it seems slightly unnatural uh, sometimes but with Donald Dennis saying that th- there's something about Omega as well that suddenly came to mind where I'm like going this is the midwitch cuckoos um, <laughs> and it, it's it's and certainly with the stars um twinkling in her eyes mm. it kind of feels like it's the blonde haired uh, sort of you know silver eyes uh, gold eyes of uh, the midwitch cuckoos wow. from um the John Wyndham mm. novels and and it, yeah, so I, I get that for sure. And to be honest, yes, only paid partial attention must mean on the mobile phone, like <laughs> I had as well at the start. It is definitely one of the things I think about these. It's kind of that comfort yeah. element for me anyway. Something general, and if, Donald, you, if but... something suddenly pops up that you go, oh, what yeah, was that? Exactly. You can rewind it and, yeah. and catch that bit, definitely. Yeah, I like that a lot. Do you know, someone, someone pointed out this week to me, and I don't know why, after seven seasons of... Uh, of uh, Clone Wars and Four Seasons of Rebels. Someone only pointed out to me this week that the style that's used is effectively like as if they're wooden uh, characters carved. That's it. Uh, and painted. Like Pinocchio type. Like Pinocchio yeah. type of characters. And when I saw it, when I heard it, I heard it after the first episode, watched the second episode, and I was like, that's exactly the style. They're like, they're oh, like wooden puppets like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I never got that before. There you go. Uh, thanks so much to everybody for your feedback. Yeah, thanks so much, Donald and Dan and... Of course, Bob as well. I hope I gave you that full fashion breakdown mm. for Cut in particular. <laughs> we got a last minute bit of feedback in from Richard Blaze. He says, it's good, but not the dizzying heights of the Clone Wars. Yes, both versions. Thought the first was dragged out a bit too long, but enjoyed the second a lot more. I suppose there's a possibility they'll run into Darth Maul at some point. As if I remember, he's on the run. Sticking with it as they tend to improve with time. So hoping for the best for this show. Absolutely. Well said, Richard. Yes, they are. Uh, they are improvers. Um, mm-hmm. They really are the animated series. I think that's basically um, has always been the case for me. Yeah. Um, and that would be, yeah, it would be great to have Darth Maul in there. Mm-hmm. Um, he is on the run as well after the final kind of season of Clone Wars. Yeah. Um, and if I remember rightly, that character appeared in Solo, the Han Solo, Solo film. Gosh, that's so difficult to say. Um, he, he appeared right at the end of that, so uh, so he is still out there at the moment. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah it's going to be interesting. Um, I, I I know Maul from some of the other more well known properties like mm-hmm. Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's about all I know. I know he's alive. That's to my extent of knowledge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Thanks so much for that, Richard. Glad we were able to uh, to fit that bit of feedback in before we closed out the podcast. Yeah, thanks, Richard. Yes, thank you so much. And one final, final bit of feedback <laughs> that I just got as I was editing the episode. Deanna Maskell says, still loving this series. I'm really thinking about the many ways this episode explores the issue of free will, from Hunter trying to make decisions for Omega, to the inhibitor chips, to the chain codes. Perhaps another play on the episode title, Cut and Run? 
Does it seem like the reg clones are less effective now than they are chit? I don't think the episode was slow. I think the pacing was deliberate to allow us to appreciate this transition to a new world order. Still really intrigued to think about Omega's purpose. Thanks so much, Diana, for sending in your feedback. That's uh, really interesting feedback. Yeah, I think we talked a little bit about uh, these the differences now between the clones uh, that we would have seen for seven seasons of the Clone Wars and now them pushing people around. Um, yeah, they do seem very different now that they're chipped as well. Um, and I agree with you on the pacing, as we've mentioned before, that these shows, especially at the beginning of a new show overall, not just a new season, uh, they tend to run a little bit slower as they're setting everything up and then we'll, uh, it'll build up as the season goes on. So hopefully uh, we're all still enjoying it in a couple of weeks' time. Thanks so much for your feedback, Dana. If you want to send in any feedback to us, you can email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries or you can pop over to our website at tvpodcastindustries.com. There is a place to leave voicemail there. We'd love to hear from you if you have any thoughts about The Bad Batch as we're going through the next, the rest of the season. Uh, we'll be back next weekend with a chat about Star Wars The Bad Batch episode three, which comes out next Friday. Yes, and you can, of course, head on over to tvpodcastindustries.com where you can like, subscribe, share, all those things, beautiful things with the podcast. You can also, of course, catch us on any Empire or Rebel affiliated networks. We would love your support if you want to head on over to patreon.com slash tvpodcastindustries where you can support us for a dollar or a single credit a galactic credit, if you will. <laughs> also, we are on buymeacoffee.com at buymeacoffee.com slash TVPI, where the illustrious, you can essentially buy caffeine liquid hydration, <laughs> which is also known as coffee mm. for our editor, Derek. Yes, we will be back. And thank you so much for joining us. Yes, thanks so much, fellow troopers, for joining us. It's a pleasure, as always. Remember, keep watching, keep listening, and keep trooping. <laughs> I still think that's like trooping the colour that you're going for there. I like it. Let's see you soon. Bye. Bye.